Hey guys, thank you for listening to Miguel's Moments Podcast. Uh, this is the episode four of um, Shelter at Home uh, season. So uh, take a listen. I'm with Pete. Uh, we're chatting it up, or actually we're chatting it up over the phone, which is still fascinating to me. What's up, Pete? Hey, Miguel. How's it going, man? Good, you know, just staying indoors, safe, healthy. You? Yeah, just uh, thinking of creative ways to stay motivated. Oh, absolutely. That's one of the, the big challenges these days, for sure. Especially when, yeah. you know, you, you, your, your kind of projects have to deal with going out and, you know, video recording and all stuff. Yeah, so, too. And especially, like, putting together new projects, you know what I mean? It's like you you go out into the world and you meet with people and you you know you have FaceTime and you you know you, you pitch people ideas and stuff right now everybody's like in their home with you know they you know it, it's just different it's it's different trying to put together new projects uh in this kind of an environment for sure oh absolutely so for the people who are listening the millions of people potential people you want to tell, tell them a little bit about yourself, who you are and what you do? Yeah, uh, my name's Pete Schroeder. I'm an uh, independent filmmaker, and uh, we just directed, uh, I directed my first feature-length documentary that was in the Slow Film Festival this year. Uh, we were fortunate to get accepted into the George Sidney competition, and uh, we did not win that one. However, we did have another short film uh, that I shot with my friends at several guys and that one actually won its category so that was the central coast filmmakers competition in in the slow film festival and that was um that was a short documentary so just getting into doing documentary films and make and produce commercials and uh yeah that's that's my main gig yeah so um with your projects who did you say you work for again or work with um and if you want to uh, do a shout out of your handles, like Instagram and stuff. Oh, you know, I actually don't do the Instagram handles. Uh, Matt okay. does all that stuff. I work with a couple guys, uh, Brian McLean and Matt Covington. Uh, the three of us are a team called Several Guys. And we just, you know, we do the majority of our, of our work together. Um, we just love working together and we've been friends for a long time, so... Matt does the music and he's our director of art and um, he produces and then Brian is our editor and he actually directs the commercials and then uh, he's also a producer as well. We all kind of wear a bunch of hats in our small production team. So where'd you guys meet by the way? Yeah. So actually uh, when I first moved up to Paso, I'd rather say back up to Paso uh, from LA in like 2011, 2012. Uh, I started a recording studio here in town. I was actually living in Hollywood at the time and um, just kind of got out of the LA scene. My mom has lived up here for 30 years. So I decided to move back up here and started a recording studio. And then Matt was in a band called Lakes uh, at the time and, my partner, my business partner, Tyler Tedeschi, at the time, he was uh, bringing in clients, you know, to do full-length 
recording uh, for albums, like album recording for music artists. So Matt was in this band called Lakes and he played keys. And that's how I got to know Matt. And, uh, and then Brian, uh, they just ended up needing some help one day on a commercial or a music video or something. And I was like, yeah, I'll come carry around some lights for you guys and just be your muscle. <laughs> and that's, that's kind of how that got started with me working for them. And then I just, I, I got into photography and I actually started by doing nighttime long exposure uh, photography and star time lapses and stuff just on the side is just, I loved it, you know, going out there and 30 degrees and cold in the middle of the winter and finding mm-hmm. a field and a tree to shoot in the dark. It's just, it was like a lot of fun and it just transitioned into me really loving and producing videos. So, uh, yeah. How long have you, how long have you been doing videos? Uh, well, I've, I've done videos on and off, uh, for quite a while. Um, actually my first job in the music business was shooting videos and doing photography, which is funny. Um, I actually traveled with a band called LMFAO. They were, mm-hmm. um, they were, I was high school friends with Sky Blue of LMFAO. So we, you know, we reconnected in Hollywood and he's like, hey man, uh, we're going on a tour. You want to come with us? And I was like, sure. And they're like, cool. Uh, I'm thinking, you know, I'm going to go be making beats and doing all that stuff because I was making beats and trying to be a producer at the time yeah. I was 21. So, you know, it was just, I just had a dream. So they're like, cool, here's what we need. And uh, they put a 5D Mark II in my hands and said, here's here's what shutter speed is here's a little bit of exposure and you know iso and figure it out man i was like oh cool so that was my first job is taking pictures of uh, pictures of them every night and uploading them to their uh to their personal uh social media platform you know everybody had Mm -hmm. a social media platform back then uh myspace was still around (laughs) uh, yeah i know MySpace turned into like yeah yeah Facebook was just budding at that point and becoming the main platform. Mm-hmm. So everybody had a social media platform that they were trying to do. And so that was my thing. I think it was called Party Rock People. Uh, that's what I used to upload all the photos to every night. And then uh, they had mm-hmm. they made YouTube videos and I would shoot their videos and stuff. So that's where I got into that. And then I did a little couple of things here and there. You know, I when I moved up to Paso, uh, I actually went to Africa with the church that I was going to at the time and just did some videos for them. Uh, and then I did a little bit of editing, picture videos for social media for a local company called Access Publishing. And uh, so, yeah, I, you know, I had my feet wet a little bit. And then uh, one of the main things was when I was getting started and in, in producing videos, people really wanted to use the time lapses that I was making. So right. I just like taking stills and making time lapses and there, everybody's like, Oh, I want some time lapses in my videos and stuff. So, you know, I would, I would sell them for use in commercials and stuff like that. And <clears throat> I developed a relationship with several guys because we would, uh, we had a music studio at the time. So we would mix and master all the audio for their commercials. So we became kind of a part of their post-production and then I think it was, uh, shoot, maybe 2017, somewhere in there, just decided mm-hmm. um, I, I ended up selling my share of the studio to my business partner and reinvested into camera equipment and just 
dove headfirst into making making films. So, is that something you've always wanted to do? Just out of curiosity. No, um, I really wanted to do music, and I still do music. I actually, um, Matt, pretty much did the the majority of the music for Full Bore. Um, mm-hmm. I had made a couple of jams and we ended up using one in there, you know, for, um, for the film. And so, you know, I, I still make, I still make songs and I'm still aiming to, you know, do more music, even as I get deeper into filmmaking, just for the sake of having my own music for the films, you know? Um, yeah. Getting in the films. Uh, let's see. <clears throat> I really wanted to do science documentaries. So science documentaries um, was kind of the catalyst for me to start heading in that direction. And the reason why I was going to do history films and I I got into doing the full bore film, which is about Eberly Winery. um, Mm -hmm. I was like, cool, I need a local project to do. What kind of stuff can I get my hands on? You know, that's local that I don't have to travel, but that's quality topics, you know, and that led to me doing local history films. So. Yeah, which, by the way, again, Everly, the uh, full bore was really, really good. Um, I'm hoping you keep submitting those to as many, many sil- or film festivals as possible. Thanks. I mean, I keep I, I keep telling people, man, that's like Netflix quality right there. Thanks, man. You know, I, and, I, and I know in the past when we talked, you, you know, you're, you're still kind of like picking it a little bit here and there. But for like for the untrained eye, they, if they were watching on Netflix, I'm sure it it'd be a, a, one of the popular ones. Cause it's, you know, it's just a little documentary. Um, right now I started watching uh, the Lion King or no, the man, or what is it called? The King of the Tigers or whatever. Uh, is it on Netflix? So, it's on Netflix. It's uh, they're calling him Joe exotic. The, the, the tiger King, huh. which I'm so far I'm like a few episodes in, you know which, what? which is really interesting. It's funny. I haven't <laughs> seen that. But low key, I think I've seen a couple of memes on Facebook about it already. <laughs> yeah, people, it's just people are stuck at home, so that's kind of like one of the popular shows right now. I'm sure next week will be something else once it, you know, yeah, once they publish another another show. But for some reason, I'm just like, yeah. So I I can only imagine like if your show was published, it'd be probably a little popular or you know, documentary. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure there'd be a lot of people watching that, especially in Paso Robles area. Mm-hmm. Where it's like wine, where it's wine country, everybody's been talking about it. We definitely have a captive audience right now, and it would have been really cool to have something in line already. It's just the way the timing and everything yeah. worked out. It's probably going to be, um, it's probably going to be later in the year to do streaming with that. Um, so yeah, I think, you know, it was unfortunate that the film festival got canceled, especially right as all this stuff was going down, because um, it's just one of those things like you know, right at the time where we're getting ready to present our work to everybody. And we had the premiere last year, mm-hmm. remember it on uh, November, November yeah. 16th of last year. And uh, right is, you know, just within days of, of the festival and having our show there at the Paso downtown theater is everything got mm-hmm. canceled. So it would have been really cool to present our work that way locally. And a lot of people, you know, we're excited about it and we're going to come that didn't get a chance to go to the premiere. And that was going to be our way of showing it to everybody for now. Um, and yeah. we didn't get to do that. So, yeah, we're thinking that uh, it would be really cool to try to get, you know, some Netflix 
or you know hulu syndication or something actually there was this documentary that won a feature documentary competition at the slow film festival it's called margaret atwood really cool documentary and actually i will say that i was um i learned a lot from the film festival this year just in terms of professional I, i watched quite a few of the documentaries and just learning like how these people put the story together, you know, and, and seeing how other people do it is really inspiring. This one, Margaret Atwood was actually really, it was a really good film. Uh, I enjoyed watching it. I thought the cinematography was really good, um, mm-hmm. but it actually just got bought by Hulu. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, no, I, I seriously, I, um, my friend Ryan Comerford, who has a, he has a boxing gym here locally. He's just sitting there and, you know, he's like, hey, is this the documentary that you were talking about that one is on Hulu? I was like, oh, my goodness, <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> it, like, literally just got bought and syndicated. So it's really cool, like, to see that there's another film that was in the Slow Film Festival that just got bought by Hulu. You know, and it's it just it's making it a tangible dream, you know, for me to to continue to pursue that. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. You see somebody do it, you know, you see somebody do it and, you know, you know, Hulu buys it kind of thing kind of it puts it in your head that like, oh man, now, now there's no excuse for me not to push it even more if I could. Absolutely. You know? Well, the plan is to get a couple more projects going and then, uh, right. you know, for me, and then we're going to get a few projects going when all the smoke settles from this craziness. Um, I'm actually going to start applying to film festivals again. I'm glad I didn't mm-hmm. overdo it on film festivals uh, that would have all been like now and being canceled, you know? So right. I'm going to reapply. I'm actually going to do, a, um, I'm going to do another round of revisions on this film and I'm going to remaster it. And the reason why I'm going to do that is because uh, there are some things that I, and I'm just self critiquing at this point, you know, uh, for, for those <laughs> of the people that yeah. haven't seen the film, it'll be hard to kind of understand, but for you, somebody who has, uh, just something that I learned from the film festival, just from storytelling, from the storytelling perspective, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I need to introduce who Gary Eberly is and Eberly Winery just a little bit more in the beginning so that the story that is about, you know, 14 or 15 minutes or so of Gary going right. through his early childhood. It's great, but just introducing so that people understand who he is before he starts talking. You know what I mean? So, yeah, which I think you mentioned, you mentioned something about like bloopers that you wanted to use. I think that'd be bloopers were funny because I know you had a lot. (laughs) (laughs) They're actually, yeah, because I I mean, we have 10 hours of interview for that film and it's only 52 minutes. So, you know, you can imagine the amount of things that we had to cut just to make it work. But yeah, so what what I'll end up doing is uh, I'll just do a, a round of revisions and then the updated version will be finished in 2020 and that'll make me eligible to re-enter into film festivals and stuff for next year. So um, in addition okay. to that, and then some new projects that I have in the works here, hopefully we'll be cooking with a couple of sweet documentary films going into 2021. Uh, so while we're at the shelter at home, I'm assuming you have a lot more time at home to work on all this stuff. Um, what, what do you usually see yourself doing differently than before when you were able to go out? Like, are you trying to like um, take your time more efficiently or are you just kind of like taking your time because, or are you, are you trying to be more efficient or taking your time because now you have the time at home? Like, do you see yourself working differently? Well, here's now? the thing. When you're an independent 
filmmaker and you do commercials, every single job that you have, you have to go out and get, you know, you, unless right. you're like hired by an agency or you have a contract with somebody like Netflix to, pr- to produce a certain amount of films, you know, every job is a new job. So I'm just taking it, you know, you just got to, got to hustle and I'm, I'm looking at it like, okay, you know, we go through our day, like, gosh, if I just had more time to do this, if I just had more time, to, you know, just another day or just, you know, yeah, so yeah, I'm yeah. like, cool. The way I'm looking at it, I have free time right now. So it's literally free. And what I'm doing is, you know, I got a lot of checklists. I'm sitting here, I'm focused, I'm writing budgets, I'm putting together things, I'm, I'm planning. So as soon as everything starts going again, um, it's as if, you know, the world stopped and now the world is starting and I'm in a better position than, than where I was. So uh, definitely taking, trying to take advantage of the time here. Um, you know, at least work six to eight hours in a, in a day, just at my computer and uh, pursuing the dreams, you know? Oh yeah. Well, I get, I get it. I, I'm trying to keep myself occupied. I know a lot of people are starting to keep themselves productive because I mean, I'll notice people posting videos of home workouts and yeah. doing at home. I thought we were being innovative on Saturday by doing like a conference beer kind of thing. We all, me and a few friends of mine had a beer over a conference. Yeah. Video uh-huh. <laughs> and, and, the, and then that same night, uh, next morning, <laughs> I saw other people posting the same kind of situation. I'm like, Oh man, I thought I was, <laughs> I thought we were being like this innovative group and nope, you know, it's just, it's just one of those things where I'm like, Oh darn, but it's good. Cause like people are experiencing new technologies a lot more in depth because they, you know, they mm-hmm. have to stay home. You know, I didn't know how to use Zoom. <laughs> it was very, very simple. But I never, in you know, in you know, I never thought I'd have to like. Okay, I'm gonna, you know, we're gonna use Zoom to have a conversation. No, I usually go. Yeah, absolutely. Face. So it was interesting. It was see, it was interesting seeing that dynamic. Mm-hmm. I am drinking more coffee, and it's weird. <laughs> uh, I literally, I'm sitting here and I'm like, oh. It's one forty, and I uh, just made another cup of coffee. It feels like it's the morning still. So, I guess the challenging the challenging yeah. part is just uh, being isolated, but still c- maintaining that same like drive and vision. You know, to just push yourself. Uh, I would say right. that maybe fifty to a hundred years ago, it'd be a little easier for somebody to be in their home for a couple of weeks, and you know that's just the way people operated. But now, you know, we're just not accustomed to that that pace you know because we're so fast all the time and communication is so fast so just not having not having that but just having to like stay focused and be in solitude is kind of a it's just challenging in itself but it's good you just I write a bunch of lists right now I just got my new yellow notepad and you write a bunch of things down and just make sure you do it all so that's that's kind of how I'm strategically trying to overcome that challenge yeah, and, and oddly enough, this whole thing happened during spring. Yeah, so oh my god, you'll I notice a lot of people spring I cleaning. I literally <laughs> just walked outside and I looked at the clouds, and I'm like, "Hey, I'm gonna go on a hike today and do some time lapsing." Because <laughs> seriously, like <laughs> these clouds are so insane, and it's a bummer. Like every year, there's one reason or another why I just don't get a thousand time lapses yes. of the green hills. You know, I think last year the green mm-hmm. lasted like two or three weeks. You know what I'm saying? There's just not enough time if you're shooting a commercial yeah. and you, you know, by the time you get around to it, the green is gone. So maybe this year that'll, I'll actually be able to get out and get some sweet stuff, you know? 
Well, yeah, now now it feels like those three weeks are lasting for three months because like you're constantly looking yeah. at the clock, and you know you're you're at home working. Kind of, if it does feel like time is going a little slower, like you said, we're we're so used to like information and being so like quick on things um, that it's kind it's kind of like making us you know uh, reach a new perspective or at least a perspective that we forgot mm-hmm. about. You know. Hey, so, um, I got a question for it. you, man. If you don't mind, yeah. That's uh, all. Why? So you're the you're the general manager of the Park Cinemas downtown Paso Robles. Uh, you didn't go to college. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't go to college. No. And, you know, sometimes there's barriers of not going to college, but other times it's kind of like cool that you figure out how to do stuff. How did you get into like the movie theater business and how did you like how did you end up where you are? Well, that's a very good question. man. <laughs> a lot of people don't really ask me that. They kind of just assume um, you know, I've been there for so long, 11 plus years. Uh, it's just kind of one of those things like, oh, of course he's now running it, you know, especially with, you know, giving my, you know, demeanor and stuff like that. I, I like to think of myself as, you know, somebody who's going to move up regardless of, you know, education. But um, I, the, the funny story is like I, my application process was I got fired from a factory a month prior to being hired. And during that time, I was kind of just like not really looking for work. I was 18, by the way. And um, I walked in to watch a movie with a couple of buddies of mine. And uh, I did the usual thing that kind of like bugs me now for some reason. I, you know, I was in street clothes. I walk in and uh, somebody who I mutually know from, you know, through another friend, they were talking to her. And then I asked her, hey, are you guys hiring and she goes, yeah. So like, I automatically like kind of like stood up straight and I'm like, all right, well, can I get an application? And they're like, uh, we don't have any right now, but if you bring one in, we can, you know, a generic one, we can put it on file and go that way, you know, start from there. And no kid, man, I was at home. I went straight home. I grabbed the application. I was going to turn it for <laughs> and turned it into the theater instead. And then within a week I was hired. How old were you? Which is crazy. Uh, I was 18, so yeah, from 18 to 21, 22, I was a general staff member, and then I think it was 2012, early 2012, when they uh, made me assistant manager, and then uh, six, five, six months later, they offered me a GM position over in Lemoore, California. Wow. So I, I, I was only assistant manager wow. for like five, six months, man. Like, so I, you were the GM I, at I don't the know Park Cinemas how... first? Oh, well, yeah, it's, it's called the Moore Stadium Cinemas, but they're, um, okay. they were under the same yeah. owner at the time. Oh. So, yeah, they moved me over there. I was over there for almost five years, and then uh, the opportunity rose uh, to come back to Paso, and I was like, you know what? I've been over there long enough. I'm going to come back with where, where my yeah. family is, uh, even though it's only like yeah, an hour sure. 40 away. It's not really that long of a trip. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I came back and uh, um, yeah, worked there since 2016. And cool. I want to say I came back. <laughs> yeah, so dude, time flies. It doesn't feel like 11 just years. I've took that opportunity. I'm glad that I'm glad that you had uh, the McDonald's application filled out already. That would just think if you ever think about how much <laughs> I know. your life would have been if you if you ended up working at McDonald's instead of the movie theater. 
you know what? I'd like to think I'd, I would have my own uh, McDonald's yeah. running. <laughs> yeah, for sure. If, you know, if, assume, if, assuming similar uh, some similar dominoes started, you know, happening on that on that end too. But uh, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I worked in fast food since I was like 15. I worked at a factory when I was when I turned 18. Like it's just it was kind of like I just know how to work, work, work. And I guess at the theater they recognized that and. You know, they offered me those opportunities, and all I knew what how, what to say is yes already. So, so when you were yes. first hired at the Park Cinemas, you didn't uh, obviously have any any training. You started from the bottom. Uh, how did you go about learning how to work all the projectors yeah. and do all that stuff? Well, that surprisingly, I wasn't taught until I went to Lemoore. Even as assistant uh-huh. manager at Park Cinemas. Um, I, I mean, we converted to digital, I want to say 2011, 2010, 2011. And uh, I mean, I knew how to stop and start a movie because I was assistant manager. Obviously, I had that responsibility to, if right. the movie doesn't sell, you stop it, you know? And, um, but I didn't learn how to work with film before the uh, conversion to digital at Park Cinema. So when I went to Lemoore, guess what they had in every what? single screen? Wow. Film. They had film projectors. So I got to learn how to splice, how to break oh, down man. the movies, how to, you know, uh, thread thread the movies, everything. I was so excited, man. I was like, uh, when I was in, uh, when I was at Park Cinemas, I had one of the projectionists show me how to thread it before anything happened, right? Like before they offered me the job or anything. I told him, hey, how do you thread it real quick? Oh, you know, you keep the sound, this, you know, the sound uh, strip side this way. So by the time I got to Lamore, I knew like one trick on how to thread. And everybody's like, whoa, how'd you learn that? And I'm like, well, you know, I pick up. That's cool. So uh, was the 35 millimeter film? Yeah. 35 millimeter. Now, um, when, dude, I, there was, there was good days so and you, bad days for when that. When you have a 35 millimeter film, uh, did you ever have to, so back in the film days, did you actually have to switch uh, the lenses that it was projected through for scope and, uh, you know, flat and that kind of stuff? Or was it already... Okay. Yeah, so yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there, there was just a, a, I mean, pretty simple a switch. So there's a handle on the side of the lenses where you just kind of pull down or push up, and it just switches wow. it for you. It's crazy to think that in twenty so was, twenty twelve or twenty eleven, mm-hmm. they're still shooting feature films on actual film. But it just it shows you to just it just yeah. really shows how much digital technology has really changed in just the last ten years. Because 10 years ago, Facebook was just getting huge, mm-hmm. you know? And iPhones were just like, what were we, oh, right. three yeah. or four or something like that? And... <laughs> I know. It's insane how far we've come. I mean, we're doing a podcast off of a phone yeah. from, from my end, at least. I, I'm, I'm thinking you're using, using your laptop iPhone. or your yeah. phone. Your iPhone. Yeah, it's so crazy how simple it is. I mean, back then, I thought, I mean, five years ago, even, I thought you needed all this equipment, some sort of like streaming, you know, service, like fee, uh, some permission or something. Because, you know, the only podcasts back then yeah. were like very limited. Absolutely. And now it's like everybody's doing it. Well, that's really cool. So now we have digital so projectors. Um, wow, well, going through the whole process with the DCP. So, in case people don't know, I'm I'm sure people oh, don't yeah. know I'm... about it because I <laughs> don't even know about it, and I make commercials yeah. and do films. But uh, DCP is a digital cinema right. projection file, and it's uh, what what it basically is is you have a formatted hard drive. I think they format them to Linux, and uh, you need to. It, it's a special mm-hmm. encoding to where 
you can't actually you can't copy and rip off the films you know it's uh it's one of those things because they send out hard theaters to you guys and then what they do is uh you just upload it into the projector one by one and takes a long time but uh for some of them so yeah just going through the whole dcp process for our film is really interesting and it actually makes you think about you know the technical side of your mastering process a lot more because you have to fit the color space within Mm -hmm. a certain range and the audio has to be in a certain range and it's actually really it's a really good discipline uh to be quite honest because you're it's standardized and uh it's it's a really fun process learning that whole the whole thing absolutely i got to learn um that uh, film came in 50 pound (laughs) boxes um, so if it, if, if it was a really long film, more than two hours, it would come in two, pound, in two boxes. So one would be 50 pounds. How did that work? Like did you have to splice 15. them together? It's not too much on the second one. Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, I think, up to five reels in each box. And I would have to splice them together. And obviously, each one would be labeled. But, I mean, the <laughs> there's stories. I, I've never done it myself. But there's obviously because I'm so good at, you know, film. Um, but... I've heard stories where people put the wrong end to the wrong you <laughs> and you're know, in the movie you know, theater piece or it's up or it's up. Yeah. Or it's upside down and the film, you know, comes <laughs> is projected that on the screen just, upside down. That would make my brain. It's insane. <laughs> I was watching that. Uh, all the time. I know. Seriously. I mean, think, think, yeah. Think about it this way. It's like, so let's say it's playing fine. And then all of a sudden it hits the second reel and the, the picture's upside down. You have to literally take that whole film apart put it back together and then load it back on, which I mean, uh, I think the fastest I've done, it was like, so what, what like did hour, uh, the process of putting commercials on the beginning? Cause now you just have a DCP file. You have a playlist of things. You can make a commercial preview trailer and stuff. Did you have to assemble a whole reel just to put the trailers mm-hmm. and everything before the film? The trailers did come separate. They, they constantly send us trailers, updated ones weekly. So that we just, Add before we start putting the movie together. So that together for the films. Wow. Yep. Yep. Uh, so yeah. Yeah. So we would like they'd be obviously labeled. Um, a reel for the for the trailer would be probably the size of your you know your fist. Mm-hmm. It would, it's mm-hmm. not that big. Only two minutes long or so, right? Um, and then uh, yeah, you splice together. And then there was these little stickers, like silver stickers that we pop put on there called cues depending on how many you put in a row tells the projector what to do turn on the lamp uh dim the lights because it was using like infrared like infrared or mm-hmm. analog it was so weird these little like plastic or not plastic uh, like silver stickers mm. kind of reminded you of gum a little bit on the strip it looked like a yeah. strip of gum but like wrapped in the foil but yeah you would take off little stickers put them on and it would tell the the projector what to do because i mean the rest of it was mechanical but that was the only actual like you know automated stuff but physically we have to be up there and press that's really cool man that's that'd be that's cool hey what did you guys do with your film projectors by the way at park cinemas at park cinemas i don't know I, i wasn't part of that process i was there but i didn't know where they put them i'm assuming they paid somebody to get rid of them or so there was yeah. another theater uh-huh. that might have bought it off the off of us but um as far as lamore um they're still there wow that's so <laughs> they cool. just put them aside it's like it's like a little graveyard of projectors up there and the that's projector cool. booth that would be interesting yeah oh, um, but right. so we went from 
Mm-hmm. So we went from like 50 pound uh, film to nine pound uh, hard drive to at Park Cinemas. We are like, we do. Oh, wow. So they don't even send us anything. We get everything via. So yeah, so it sends it to the satellite, kind of like uh, downloading it on a media player, and then you transfer it from the media player to the actual. Gotcha. Uh, okay, that's server. cool. So you guys have like a uh, internal server or something at your at your movie theater now. That's rather convenient. Yeah, than, that's rather yeah, convenient. The than motherboard hard or something. Yeah, because you never know. There's been times where, like, hey, where's the hard drive? Oh, it's on its way. Yeah, but we have a show tomorrow. It's like, because it still takes time to ingest the, the movie, you know, download Test it, build it. the movie, transfer it to the projector. Uh, but obviously, those are like, with any kind of process, there's some sort of a headache to it. So Awesome. It's crazy. Uh, so you learned recently how to do a DCP because, I mean, mm-hmm you wanted to and you had a you had a couple films that DCPs you are expensive you know, on it's the big a, it was an unknown cost um, to me because like i like i like to say yeah. it was my first rodeo mm-hmm. so you know just going through the process you don't yeah. know about certain costs and stuff and now i know and i don't have that an issue next time but uh you know it's mm-hmm. it's like eight or nine hundred bucks to get a dcp made for a feature length film like it's it's a big deal so some some of them are like fifteen hundred if it's like an hour and a half or two hours. Yeah, mine was only fifty two minutes, so they go by the minute, and it's not cheap. And um, right, I know. Um, I know people have always like asked, like, "Oh, I want to." No, they 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 ask us for a private show. How much it would cost, and um, can we? You know, it's it's a little bit more difficult when they're asking for like an older movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, from the film companies or something like that so they we usually try to tell them yeah if we you know give us time to get the blu-ray or or dvd I'm like what you can play it off a of blu-ray or dvd yep because just like any other projector if you have a source yeah, to play right. it from it should be good which which is insane because like i mean there's the possibilities there are you know are unlimited i mean limited but unlimited to the untrained person I mean, you can hook up the, the laptop and have a presentation. You can hook up an Xbox and have like a <laughs> uh, an actual like does eSport it, match. When, when you do it that way, does it still go into the Dolby system, or does it is that separate then at that point? So the the yeah, if you're talking about the Dolby sound uh, processor, gotcha. it, cool. it's plugged in through there. Yeah, and then um, the the picture goes from HDMI to. Uh, DVI, mm-hmm. I believe, um, through the projector. So it's kind of like split. You have the, you know, two sources. Uh, obviously, mm-hmm. the sound tower carries the sound, which has Dolby, Dolby processor. But uh, yeah, it's just it's crazy how a lot of people. Yeah, know absolutely. That, oh wow, you can hook up your laptop. Yep. Well, yeah, it was fun. Fun learning about your story because yeah, I mean I knew a little bit, but not like a lot. So that was really fun. <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 I like, you know, I like to think of it as oh, like yeah. started from the bottom. <laughs> now we're here, kind of thing, kind of like that one song. <laughs> but um, I think a lot of people, you know, in, in any industry, I mean, you're you're t- you're constantly talking, you're, especially in your line of work, networking. Like, mm-hmm. there's there's a story behind how they got there. You know, I mean, you were telling me something about your uh, 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 about your upcoming and what you saw with you know people of influence in your life and like i remember you telling me all that stuff and like 
okay, I can see how you got molded into what you are today a little bit, you know, and then obviously you surround yourself with the right people or the, you know, the people, the positive. Yeah, it's hard to work with people that are not like-minded in terms of their willingness to do what it takes, you know, and um, I'm fortunate to be working around people that, you know, that love what we do and, you know, we... We spare no expense when it comes to, um, you know, creative investment, you know, in, into stuff. We always we always put everything we can into every project, and you know, uh, that's that's what it takes to continually grow. Well, absolutely, man. Um, I think you're going to go a long way. To be honest, I mean, I'm you're only, what, 31. Yeah, you said 32? I'm 30. I'll be 33 in a week. 33. So, yeah. I'll be quarantined for my birthday. Oh wow, that's oh, so. So, what are you planning? Live streaming have to come a out of DJ or... retirement. <laughs> Live stream a DJ set. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! And DJ, that's no, uh, Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> disc jockey. See, I don't. There's all these terms that I don't know, man. Like. So a little, a little bit more on my background. Mm. Growing up, we couldn't have people over, at all. So like a lot of like social, <laughs> a lot of social like events and stuff like that. Like, oh, hmm. uh, you never did that when you were a kid. I'm like, nope. You never did, you know. So there's like a lot of you know terminologies where like, even now, like I don't even. I, yeah. You, met, well, you I mean, said what just, it is, and I still don't DJ, know what it is. Like you know, you go to a club and there's a DJ playing music. So yeah, we're just. Just DJing. Uh, one of the things mm-hmm. that I would do when I, towards the last part of my uh, stint with LMFAO, is they would they would do DJ sets all over the world, you know, in Las Vegas and you know Australia and just everywhere. And uh, I would often, oftentimes, close down the night. So you know they do their hour, hour and a half set, and they're like, boom, and like, all right, cool. Hey Pete, take over, you know, and then they'll just be on the mic, like emceeing and stuff, and I'll just I'll close down the night sometimes. So, yeah, I used to DJ, and uh, how'd you um, what what's your DJ? Well, name? traditionally it's yeah. just been Pistol Beats. <laughs> That's because the, the name comes from when I was in hip hop, and I wanted to make hip hop beats. Uh, I, or, or it comes from when I was in high school, I wanted to make hip hop beats. <laughs> And uh, I was a basketball player, so you know they all called me Pistol Pete because yeah. I had a jump shot, and um, <clears throat> turned into Pistol Beats. You know, it was just like a nice transition right into right into that. So anyway, no big deal. NBD. If you know me, you know me. You know what I mean? <laughs> People listening and they they know Pistol Beats, and that's that. <laughs> but if you don't, then if you don't even listen to this podcast, you probably will never know the name Pistol Beats when it so- comes to me. Well, now that you mentioned, now that you mentioned that, I'm actually going to pay Facebook ads to put this specific part on there, so people can like tune in. (laughs) Everybody's going to be like, "Oh, who's Pistol Pete? Who's Pistol Pete?" And all of a sudden, Pistol Pete comes out of retirement. What's the name of your podcast? (laughs) What's the name of your podcast? Uh, That'd be hilarious. So, um. Okay. Uh, so we're at M- Miguel's Moment. It's available on uh, on very Apple. nice. Uh, I, I can't remember what it's called. Apple Podcasts. Or um, and uh, also uh, this is ah. called the Shelter at Home 
segment or season and this is i think this will be episode four i can't remember uh but uh it's i i just thought it was a good idea to like oh i have all this extra time and i mentioned podcasts to people and i never get to yeah. do it because one thing or another pops up so now i'm starting to do these and uh hopefully by the end of this whole quarantine shelter at home situation you'll have, a, have show, a little dude you're gonna have a little a show. Uh, i know it a little um i know it dude a little like a little library <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little hit show <laughs> uh, i think it's gonna be really cool um but yeah man i think uh i think this is where we That's cool i had to go make some it. mac and cheese you know, anyway i appreciate man. you i had to go you know, reheat my mac uh, and cheese from last night so you know I, i'm busy you know, right. i got things to do you know what i'm saying but i appreciate you having me on you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, do 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 uh do a video like a, a time lapse video of making mac and cheese, and I'll I'll call. I'll, <laughs> you know what I should do is I should make that'd be, that'd be crazy. time lapses and just string them together, yeah. and I'll just call it all the time in the world. Boom! Short film. Ooh, ooh! There you go. And then you slow down during like the flame or something, or like you, I'll film you know, it all you know there's red. little bits I'll and pieces all of my red. or something. I'll shoot it oh, all in slow mo, so it takes up a bajillion terabytes. And the only time I will ever put it in slow mo <laughs> is uh, when you have flames on the stove. So to be like, and then back into the time lapse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Oh, that'd be, I would watch that. I would honestly watch that. All right, Miguel. Hey, nice chat, man. Have a great day. And uh, yeah, we'll be in touch. All right, man. Thank- Yeah, of course, man. Let me know uh, after this whole thing is over. We'll we'll be in touch. I will. In, in and if you want to stay up to date on all the details for Full Bore showing, you just go to fullborefilm.com. And uh, there's a little thing. You just fill out your little email address and whatnot. And when there's an update or local showings or playings or whatnot, we'll go ahead and we'll send you guys, everybody, an email. and uh, Or you can follow the Facebook page, uh, facebook.com uh, slash fullborefilm. And you can obviously stay updated like that as well. All right, Miguel. All right, sweet, man. Talk soon. Thanks. Bye. Take care, man. Thanks once again for listening to Miguel's Moment, Shelter and Home Edition. Uh, stay tuned for more and uh, stay safe out there. Wash your hands, drink water, lots of fluids, and uh, I'll see you guys on the other side. Yeah.